Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus everybody, welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Koplick. And I am your other co-host, John Wascavage. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you for your patience, uh, everyone, while John and I uh, roamed this earth in between episodes. We truly did. Middle yes, earth, it- even. Like, we were everywhere. Middle Earth realness hunty. Yeah. I will just take a minute to say that we had actually just recorded... Uh, like some of the most I would say maybe some of our most hysterical material ever like truly yeah. just like laugh a minute <laughs> laugh riot um, uh, like I know, uh, do you, can you get an Emmy for a podcast I hope we can um, we, now we, we'll we had, never know we, well we won't we recorded this episode and then someone of the two of us I'm not gonna say who but someone whose name rhymes with cat Mop like I don't know why that tickled me so much because it's the dumbest joke in the book. Um, sure, someone whose name rhymes with Cat Moplick um, kind of had a little crash in his computer because of all of it's the, tr- let's just say, choices he has made on his computer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not <laughs> yeah, it's very true, guys. I bo- I borrowed my friend uh, Fat. Ploplick's computer and he has all this porn on it and it crashed and truly here we are yeah and we lost I, th- I want to thank jo- <laughs> everything I want to thank John for that because even though I tried really hard just now to like start the episode again with all this you know energy and optimism I could just tell that it was not it was re- ringing as fake and John just came in to be like just so you know this is why Matt is coming across as super fake today. No, you weren't coming across as fake. I just thought they should know. I like, so. like we shouldn't let we shouldn't let the moment die. Like, I know that no. sounds like a Kelly Clarkson song, but it's it, gonna be a is hit. It a Kelly Clarkson song? No, but does, it legitimately sounds like it should be. Like, as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah. I was like, man, she would have won two times with that one on American I think- Idol. Actually, that just inspired me because I was going to keep this as a surprise till the end of the episode. But our next episode, I want to bring back by popular demand, Jukebox That Musical. Um, but I was having a hard time thinking of whose repertoire to use. And now I think I will use Miss Clarkson. <gasps> oh, my and God. And we're going to call it Don't Let the Moment Die. <gasps> I'm so tickled right now. I mean, I am like 
I'm basically uh, just like uh, I was gonna make such a bad joke. I'm not gonna make it. So that I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna do it. No, I'm not going to. Well, speaking of daddy, I was just gonna say I'm just like so tickled. I'm basically a twink at Kevin Spacey's, but like. Oh no. Oh, I loved that. I um, hated it because I just I feel like I give him too much. I give him too much thought energy. I shouldn't give him that much, that much thought energy. No, but I mean, it's but it's very negative energy. I can't imagine that it's uh, doing much good for his karma right now. Well, yeah, truth. Um, yeah. but oh, so I what I wanted to segue that with that that awful dumb joke. Um, oh my god, I'm trash. I just burped on my podcast. <laughs> Our podcast. A couple of times on this podcast. I know, but like in the in the mindset that I'm in, I'm just like I'm in a weird, like self-aware but not aware state. Um, so I'm. Why is that, John? Natural segue. Because I'm on pain meds, kids. Um, (sighs) Yeah. So to make a very long story short, P.S. I will also say that I love when Matt said that he lost everything that we had to um re like re-record. He was like, because I had already told this story. He was like, yeah, so we'll be fine. You, we'll just we'll just do the same thing that we've already done about just maybe like take half the time. And I was like, oh that was such a read. <laughs> I didn't no, I didn't mean it like that. I just like we already spent we already spent 10 minutes recording and like I John's know. time is very pre- and John's time is very precious. So it's like we gotta, <sighs> we gotta move about shit it. along. No, yeah. no, I know I'm just kidding. I, I found it funny in, a, in my stupid I, dumb I really weird way. W- I know you did. I really wish that I set that as a read because I meant it so earnestly because I'm a stupid bitch. Kids, mommy and daddy aren't fighting. We're just drunk. But like... No, we're just drunk and wrestling naked. It's fine. Exactly. No, but so I'm on pain meds. Um, the very... The shorter version of this story is basically that yesterday in rehearsal, um, I'm doing this little show that I've done for the last... I will reuse this joke, actually. I'm doing this little show that I, um, I've been doing for the last checks Watch 70 years. If you can insert a, a rim shot there, Matt, I think that'll really nail that joke. Um, but if you... Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I heard something completely different. And I was like, "How? what is the sound effect for that? Um, I don't know. Ask Kevin Spacey. So I... Uh, <laughs> Tasha Shannon. So, um... So basically, I, the show Murder for Two, like I've, I'm doing another production of it. I love doing this show, and I'm doing it down in a lovely theater down in Annapolis. And we had rehearsal yesterday. We're like really ahead of schedule. We have our first preview Sunday, and then we even have like more days of rehearsal until our next preview. And so we've already like run the show with all the technical aspects, all costumes, all everything, like multiple times. But we were running it again yesterday, and today is my day off. Because um, we just wanted one more run in before the day off. And I was executing executing a piece of movement choreography, and... Um, my arm, I, I, like, I went to grab something with my right arm, like, a, an imaginary person, like, <laughs> God, acting is so weird. Like, that's just a sentence that I just, like, had to say out loud and just expect you all to believe. Like, you know, like, yeah, I was grabbing an imaginary person, but I was. Yeah. Um, and I reached out while I was spinning, because I was about to spin, and my body moved quicker than my arm did, and so my right arm fell completely out of its socket. Well, like, basically, like, almost completely out of its socket. And so for most people, when this happens, it's, like, super excruciating, and it's still pretty painful for me. But what I ended up finding out by going to a doctor today, because this has happened a couple times to me, but this is... um. This is, like, the first time that's happened, like, multiple times in a row, because it happened to me a couple months ago. Every other time was, like, 
years and years ago. Like I did in a modern class where I was like trying to like impress like the really sexy modern teacher and I was executing a piece of choreography for that and I reached forward and like my arm just fell in front and I was like hunched over like hobbling like limping in pain and like squealing and I was like still look cute John you don't want him to think you're not yeah. cute. Um, yeah you're still doing like that Leia Michelle yeah, exactly. pose. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was like yeah my arm might be not where it's supposed to be but have you seen these cheekbones? Um, mm. But so I uh, I I found out today that, like, the reason why it's happening now more frequently is because I have what's, uh, in layman's term, there's a technical term for it, but I have what's called loose joints or loose bones, um, which totally, like, should be, um, it, like, my, uh, what, do kids have live like, journals anymore? I don't know. What, what a kid, Tumblr? My Tumblr name is, like, Are you asking loose me what bones. the kids are doing these days? Yeah, I know. But I don't know. I oh god no don't ask me I was gonna say it's like your grinder profile oh loose sure joint, loose bones yeah yeah <laughs> loose bones yeah doesn't my loose bones make all the boys come to the yard and they're like you should see a doctor well, about that well it, I mean and then but and I then did you say I did well, see then a doctor you say no I'm that. just versatile you did mm. see a doctor about that and your doctor said you uh, your diagnosis is that you're versatile Billy I beg to differ with you how do you mean you're the top yeah you're an arrow color you're the top yeah, it's been a while since we since we recorded. Every time I I say that, I always have to actually think how long it's been because I always think it's been like a week, but it's been three. Yeah, uh, just like time moves so quickly sometimes, you know. It truly does. I don't understand it anymore. I mean, who am I? I never understood it. Like, whoa. no, I never. I'm, there's the actual to quote uh, a play I saw two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand any of it. I never did mm. that play ladies and gentlemen was escape to margaritaville no it's no. uh <laughs> r.i.p r.i.p girl oh yeah closed uh, officially yeah rest in peace it, it it's yet officially and uh hopefully now paul alexander nolan can do something real that will garner him a much deserved tony nomination wait is that who was in it i didn't even That's know that couple, there were a couple of like people who were at lisa howard was in it no uh yeah that that squirrel we need to get her a good show that will can run a while so the world can see her. I that, I, like I feel like the marketing for that show just like didn't even try or or like at least the actors were just like you don't need to use my name when the cast announcement. Like I feel like no one like you know what I mean? Like I, I find it yeah. weird that like not many people I know think, who was in it. Like I literally had no yeah. that. Well, I, do not think I mean I'm alone. I'm I don't I don't think I'm projecting when I say the Broadway community overall was not very receptive to that show. Yeah. Even like like we are no strangers to jukebox musicals, and we no. can no longer claim that we're above it. When we had Mama Mia run for fifteen years and Jersey Boys win Best Musical, like we can acknowledge right. when it's done well. Right, uh, we can. I think, yeah, there was something about this property. I didn't see it, so I can't comment on the actual quality. Same. But there's something about this property that I think the Broadway community was very against. And then not only that, the producers I think were very. Uh, they, they, I think they overestimated the name recognition of Jimmy Buffett on Broadway and thought so that just like by saying the Jimmy Buffett musical, everyone would flock to it or all of his fans would flock to it. But like yeah. Broadway's expensive and I don't think his it fans want to pay that much money to see a musical where, that he's not even in. Yeah, yeah. So, I I mean, I didn't I didn't plan to see it. I don't I want to be supportive of the Broadway community, but it's it was just it was a big question mark. I, and yeah. I think that's just how I think that's just how, even how tourists felt. The tourists that they thought that were going to really latch onto it, like I think it was just yeah. a big question mark. I think yeah, I think that's true for everybody. And I think 
if you are doing a show that is meant specifically for like tourist season is not truly year round like tourists come all throughout the year but there are big pockets of time where tourists really come to new york and Mm -hmm. i think when they're going to see a broadway show they want to see a broadway show um so when we talk when we think of what like a tourist trap is for a broadway show it's it sounds cliche but we say phantom because when tourists come to new york they want to see something that they know is like definitive broadway right um, they're, they're, they're not gonna like rush out to see like evil van hoves you know like um all wookie version of the play that goes wrong i literally was just trying to pick any word possible to make it sound bizarre and i'm pretty so- sure that's how he does his projects too so you were good to yeah, go. on, yeah you're right yeah uh that's i mean we're see sam gold's all child production of glengarry glen ross oh i would see that i, I would see the shit would. i would see the shit out of that you would you deaf westwood oh yeah oh, there we go um, <laughs> um yeah wait i just when i you know what it's really crazy i just this is how my brain works everybody i said deaf westwood like the three different words, but then I thought Westwood, then I thought That's Vivian that. Westwood, and then I thought Devil Wears Prada, and then I thought the Devil Wears Prada musical. <gasps> oh gosh, yeah. So that's Isn't... happening now with um Sh- and Elton John and Shayna Taub. Yeah, Shayna Taub. Yep, it is. Fun fact: uh, I went to summer camp with Shayna Taub. I, I was gonna say, did did she? Because I know she went to the same summer camp that you and um Natalie and Natalie went to. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Natalie and I both have Shayna Taub like stage door experiences because Natalie's first show was Jekyll and Hyde where she was she played a prostitute and Shayna was Lucy it was like Mm. Shayna's last show there because Shayna obviously was a like stage door celeb Mm. she I can only imagine I mean the talent she's so incredibly talented like I never knew what an amazing songwriter she was until I saw Old Hats with Bill Irwin and David Shire, and she was there. I missed it, but I heard that it was amazing. It was wonderful. And I, I get, the first time they did it, Nellie McKay was their music person. And then mm-hmm. Shayna did and it. And actually, Nellie McKay went to the... Or Ellie, wait, Nellie? Ellie McKay. Nellie. Nellie, Nellie McKay. Nellie. Nellie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nellie McKay went to the same theater camp that I went to. She was older Shut than up! me, but we... Yeah. That's weird. Isn't that... It is a small-ass motherfucking world. Uh, yeah, yes. no. Uh, Shayna... I was that was my first experience seeing Shayna's uh, writing abilities, and I was blown away. I've always known that she was an incredible performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw her actually as Princess Mary in uh, Great Comet back when it was in the tent. I, oh, I didn't realize she played that role. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the original. The girl who originated the role ended up getting to do it on Broadway, but Shayna replaced the original girl in the tent in the meatpacking district, and then when they mm. moved to Midtown, she continued with the show. And I saw her all three times, and she was... So good, so funny, voice for the gods. I got to do West Side Story with Shayna Tab. Neither one of us oh are are Latina or Latino. Uh, we're both Jewish kids, but she was Anita and I was a shark. She was a great sure. Anita. Oh, I believe so it. Yeah, she's like the nicest person in the world. I haven't, I hadn't seen her for six years uh, when I saw Old Hats, and I was never like one in her close group of friends but when she saw me in the audience she like totally waved and made a face i was like oh my god that Aww. is that is she's a legitimate beautiful person and so smart and so talented and so yeah. i'm so thrilled that she's doing this and i'm thrilled that there's a female voice on this creative team finally for what is a very Same. female what is a very female property 
Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I actually hadn't listened to a lot of her songs um, up until about two years ago. A director of mine is, uh, I believe she's friends with her, but she's nonetheless also a big fan of hers. And so she played me a couple, she like literally, when she found out that I had never heard any of her songs, she just said, John, you of all people would just love her. And I was, you know, people sometimes say that to me just because I'm eccentric and I seem to get excited about a lot of things. Because I do get excited about a lot of things. But for yeah. me to truly love something, I do actually, believe, contrary to popular belief, I do have my own specific tastes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, but she played me some of her songs, and I was I just said you were completely correct. I love everything about her. And then she released a song a couple months ago. Uh, I think it's called like "If I Die Before You" or something like that. I don't know if you've heard it, but mm-hmm. it has been my song of the last three months. I play it all the time. I love it so much. She's um, yeah. Back when they were originally going to do that Funny Girl revival. Uh, I was tr- yeah. I was trying to like tell anyone I knew involved in that production team to look at her because she oh, yeah. she would have been a phenomenal fanny. Not only is she actually Jewish, but she's got at least I think she is. I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure she is. Uh, but she's I, is that the name girl. Yeah, but you never you never know. You never. Oh my. Know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like Northwest is a person, not a direction now. So like, who's to say? Um, okay, fair. Anything can happen. But yes, she's so funny and a great actress and, the, and it, like a stupidly good voice. I Not even just like, oh, she's a good for a singer-songwriter. Like she can play just about any female role on Broadway right now. I can guarantee you that. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that, that. that little tangent, but I'm just very, that's something that very excited me in the news this week. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And, and what you were saying about having a female voice on, on that creative team, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's insane. It's insane how some of these things still seem like a no, like, uh, seem like a no-brainer, but in, when it actually comes into practice, that we are still having so many problems with yeah. there not being enough representation of, of females on creative teams or yeah. calling the shots and or, like, celebrating their work. I mean, this is me still being pissed about Comet not winning Tony for Best Direction. Like, I'm yeah. I'm still not over that. A, um, a lot of us aren't. Um, yeah. I, and, like, I'm not one of those people that's, like, every creative team has to be, every gender, sexuality, like, has to represent every single person in the world. Like, I get that yeah. you're trying to get, you know, people who are of experience and whatnot, but I definitely think something like this property, you, you can't make it successful and have it be an all-male creative team. You just can't. It's... Right. You need someone with that experience now and with that insight. It's one of the things that I think is uh, troubling the Pretty Woman musical right now because mm. I have again haven't seen it, but I have read some reports from Chicago, and mm. it seems that they are kind of sort of at sea with it. And I do think having some women on the team would have just it would have helped. It would have helped yeah. give them some focus. I agree. Because as much as you try to be empathetic as a writer or a creative person sometimes you just need to get that insight like one of my favorite stories is when Sondheim was writing Company mm-hmm. like that man did not know what it was to be married he had never been married no. he was never been in a relationship so rather than just sit there and be like here's what I think of marriage he sat down with Mary Rogers for like a full day and was like tell me your thoughts on marriage what's it like from someone who's in the trenches and that's how, yeah. he, wrote, that's how he wrote the score um, and I think that that's very true for today we need all different kinds of perspectives if we're going to make various kinds of art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Get totally. down off my soapbox. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with her 100%. You, you start talking about reading the reports of um, Pretty Women from Chicago, and that made me wonder, have you heard anything about another female show um, called The Share Show? Have, have you heard anything about that? I'm just intrigued. Um, I actually haven't read any of the reviews. I read one report. I, I Maybe it was all that chat. Maybe it was Broadway World. I don't know. I always take that mm-hmm. shit with a grain of salt. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, but the one report I did read, it was somebody who had actually flown into Chicago to see it because they love Cher. They love Stephanie mm-hmm. J. Block. They were so excited. Um, and they said that it has the potential to be brilliant, but at the moment it is a big old mess. Um, yeah. That, like, yeah. it's such um, – because it's such a creative idea and is so different – Mm-hmm. It like the like the result the results that it can muster could be really fantastic, but right now like that you just can't you can barely see the potential right now is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they released that one. The only thing I've seen of it so far of the actual production is that production shot. That yeah, um, of the three of, of the of, of the three shares. Yeah, and I I have questions. <laughs> um. The first being, why would you pick that as a production? Like, why would why would that be the shot that you allow to get released? Because I, I don't think any of them, any of those three gorgeous women, look flattering. It's all like them, like mid vowel of what seems to be. I I don't even know. Like it's it 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 it, it doesn't, and it doesn't. None of them look like Cher. Like I mean, no. the one kind of does, but it's. It just doesn't. It doesn't read share. It reads, it the it reads weird cruise ship. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did did you feel that as well? I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I love share as much as the next homosexual. But when I do think of a musical about share, I do kind of think cruise ship, and that's just on me. Like I think of, hmm. I think glittery I mean, costumes. I, I think extra, I think extravagance and whatnot. Uh, it's easy to forget, but, it, did, but it, it didn't look that extravagant. Is also what I'm getting at. Like everything kind of just looked cheap. Yeah, I do see that. I mean, I thought the costumes looked fine, but for a for a, what is going to be a Bob Mackie designed show, I was really expecting, at least for the first photograph, to be something that was going to like knock me out, and it didn't really do that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I wish them the best. Certainly, great shows in the past have come out from out of town. Uh, out of you know the rubble of being a giant oh, yeah. mess, so I'm hoping yeah. that they can pull it together. The problem is with shows like these is that there's so much money on the line, and mm-hmm. there's so m- and there's so many uh, people who have to have creative input, not just directors and writers, but producers and investors. Like there, right. what I hate now is in order to secure financing for shows, there are some people who if they give like three million dollars, they will only give if if they are allowed to. Uh, give notes at right have have like every one of their ideas be like at least tried out yeah and it's like and it's it's like "Mm, mm." so what i will say is yeah there was a really interesting article uh i want to say two years ago maybe it was around the time that casey nicola was coming out with tuck everlasting where they were talking about the power of the successful director that like there are directors now that can guarantee financing just because of their track record Sure. So, like, Casey Nicola had Book of Mormon and Aladdin and Drives the Chaperone. Now he's got Mean Girls. So, mm-hmm. like, his name being attached to a show will guarantee financing. Uh, Correct. Same thing with Susan Stroman. Like, the second it's announced she's directing something, people throw their money at it because even oh, yeah. no matter what she does, like, she's always will have the producers on her 
resume and totally. therefore people want to join it. But by having a right. director like that, it also guarantees that they don't take notes from investors. Like they, they say by investing, you understand that I'm not going to allow you any creative input, uh, which I think is very important. Mm. But there are, cause, mm-hmm. but there are also some shows that don't have Casey Nicola or Susan Stroma that have people with you no, know, maybe one directing credit and they have to unfortunately mm-hmm. take all that insight. So I don't know. Have you heard anything like, from the trenches about share, I haven't. I just I was just I, I figured that if anyone had heard or read, it would have been you. And so uh-huh. I I I was just I, I saw that photo. Um, someone sent me a very clever meme along with that photo. Actually, I'll just text it to you right now. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, uh, and well, I'll, I I definitely look forward. Yeah. Um. But no, I haven't really heard anything at all. So. So I don't know, yeah. girl. Well, I guess we'll I guess I we'll find out. Um, but you know what I have it, heard is really. F- Wait, sorry. What were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, if it's bad, then I hope for their sake that they could turn back time. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I I ruined the punchline there. I no, you didn't. I ruined the punchline by making it a punchline. <laughs> that would be a great title for your memoir. I ruined the punchline. A John Wascavage memoir. Yeah. Okay. I just sent I just sent you that meme. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, while uh, while I look at this, um, <laughs> where is it? What? Okay, wait, Han. Is Katy Perry, Patty Lapone, and and I think that's Bethany Frankel. Yes, that's Bethany Frankel in a lovely turtleneck. Wait, so this is meant to be like what they all look like? Yeah, and they kind of really do. So it's it's a, a it's a meme my friend made where like the young the youngest share looks like Katy Perry, and this actress <laughs> truly does in this photo. Um, yeah, she does. I Stephanie see that. J. Block kind of looks like Bethany Frankel, and she does. But then the what I'm guessing is middle share is Patty Lapone. Like that's literally. Yeah. I'm looking at like they just do a side by side comparison of each of the girls yeah. or a top to bottom comparison. It's and like yeah, it's it's kind it's of also, funny. It's also it's the face Patty's making with the faces actresses making that makes <laughs> totally. it so on point. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, oh God, there is this actress who. I forget her name. It's Lisa something or other. She was in the ensemble of Tuck Everlasting, uh-huh. and she looks like a young Patty Lapone, like to the point. Uh-huh. Like I saw when I saw Tuck Everlasting, any ensemble number, I couldn't pay attention because I was just looking at her going Patty Lapone. Because you're like, oh my god, it's young Patty Lapone. I was like, oh my god, it's Juilliard Patty Lapone. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. What I was going to say was, something that I did hear is really fantastic that's coming next season that I'm really pumped for is the Tootsie musical. Oh, I've heard that as well. Yeah, I heard really great things about it, which, like, it's David Yazbek. You know at least the score is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just such a perfect property for him. Uh, yeah. And and I'm so pumped about the cast. Santino Fantana signed me the fuck up. I know. Uh, that, I Lily love, Cooper, I love Sarah Styles, Like, uh, I know. I love yeah. Sarah Styles. I'm just so it's, – it's such an amazing cast. It really um, is. Yeah, I'm um, very excited for that. Although I've never seen the movie. <gasps> it's good. It's good. Yeah, Something, people, okay. People yell at me because they're like, John, it's like one of the best movies. And I'm like, I know. Well, so funny you should mention. So something that I've been uh, enforcing in my new apartment with my roommates is I live with two straight guys. And neither of them had ever seen Working Girl starring National Treasure Melanie Griffith. Have I've never seen it, seen it either. <gasps> <gasps> okay, when you're back in town movie night because you will live for it it's, okay it, I'm they're it. both 80 they're both 80s movies that are that t- take on sexism in a very smart way and by doing so also they also happen to be like really 
rock solid, almost perfect screenplays at the same time. But mm. the way that they discuss uh, gender inequality and uh, social hierarchy and the business world, both entertainment and financial, it's just it. They're really fantastic and really uh, have a lot of meat in there. And so I'm excited to see how they do that with Tootsie because Tootsie does all that while also being insanely funny. Mm. Uh, like there's a there's a moment where so Dustin Hoffman obviously like the gist is that he's a woman right. and it's the running joke is like what an ugly woman he is but even as a quote-unquote unattractive woman he still gets unwanted advances hmm. and he even says and I think they even say it in some like it hot like I'm not attractive why is this happening and they're like it, it's the fact that you're a woman like it doesn't matter to some men right uh, it's, yeah it's more about the control or the yeah and like showing or, yeah. yeah showing that I want you so I can have you mm-hmm. uh and there, he has a co-star on the soap opera that he's working on who's an older gentleman who has, you know, throughout the movie shown advances towards Dustin Hoffman. And it's played off for laughs. And one night he, like, stalks him at the apartment that he's at. And, like, they play it up as that he's not a dangerous man because he's, like, 65 and hmm. getting senile. But he tries to seduce Dustin Hoffman and drag it is at Dustin Hoffman's apartment. And it starts getting a little forceful, and luckily Bill Murray, who is Dustin Hoffman's roommate, comes in and catches them, and the guy's like, oh, I didn't realize that you had a gentleman, um, I shall le- bid you adieu, and walks away. Bill Murray jokingly says, oh, you little slut, and Dustin Hoffman waves his finger and goes, uh-uh, don't joke about that, that was serious. Oh. And, and like, this was 1982. Yeah. So, yeah, and... Love that. It was, it's, it's, uh, that, I, that whole movie is just really phenomenal, as is working girl but right now we're talking about tootsie uh i'd highly recommend it uh before especially before you see the musical um, yeah I'm it's def- just I'm def- it's just gonna... a good ass movie um yeah that's that's i feel like i've been on a lot of soapboxes today see tootsie see working girl you're such uh, a bossy the... you're such a bossy bottom today i'm assuming <laughs> i i mean i've only heard and read on I, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah first of all don't ever call me a bottom. I don't like to be typecast as one specific thing. John. Sorry, jeez. She's such a versatile yeah. actress. I am I'm a versatile actress. Um, um All right. Well, <laughs> speaking we we successfully yeah. we've successfully tangented from everything that we've said we were going to talk about, but at least they're theater tangents. <laughs> so wait, something I did want to bring up though before uh I mean we've been Yes. I would say actually timing wise, we've been pretty good. We're we're like we're plowing through today, like like power mm, like power honey. tops. That's why reverse, John. That's why reverse. Um, but um, we uh, something I did want to bring up that we didn't get to today because uh, it it, was, it made the news a couple of days ago and then came back in the news yesterday. Uh, Lincoln Center. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, Lincoln Center announced uh, earlier this week, I believe, that Lauren Ambrose was going to start taking Sunday matinees off from My Fair Lady. Uh, mm-hmm. for, they did not specify why. They just said, you know, we have decided and Lauren has decided to do a seven performance a week. And no one really thought much of it. Um, you know, Eliza Doolittle is a notoriously grueling role. Uh, there are many grueling roles in musical theater. Eliza is actually deceptively one of them. Uh, mm. Like, if you read Julie Andrews's memoir, she even talks about, like, the vocal troubles she had in the role. And she was 20 at the time. And Lauren Ambrose, oh, God. God Lover, is not 20. Uh, and also not no, and not hasn't been doing musicals uh, regularly in the way that you know many other actresses have who have played the role. Uh, so she Correct. so you know 
for unspecified reasons, seven forms this week, people thought nothing of it. And then Michael Riedel came out with an article yesterday in the Post that leaked an email of Diana Rigg, who is, you know, international treasure Diana Rigg, uh, mm-hmm. Tony-winning, Oscar-Emmy-nominated dame Diana. Uh, yeah, she's she's why we say that those award shows were rigged, because she... No, that's not why we say it. <laughs> I, 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 I did think about that. Anytime she didn't win an award, we'd be like, it's been rigged. It's It's been rigged. Um, yeah, she's, she definitely coined that phrase. She apparently sent an email to management at Lincoln Center mm-hmm. bemoaning the seven performances for Lauren, but then also bemoaning the way that it was announced. Uh, and then that has sort of launched a whole conversation in the theatrical webosphere about it. Um, mm-hmm. The gist of Diana Rick's email was she was miffed at management because no one actually told the company. Lauren just like kind of came in the next day and said, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to be doing seven shows. And then it was, like, announced on Playbill. Mm. And she was like, no one actually informed us. Uh, and then hmm. she said, and, I, and then the other thing she said was it's unfortunate for audience members who, you know, have tickets for Sunday matinees thinking they're right. going to come see Lauren when you just sort of announced very sneakily and all of a sudden that she's now no longer going to do the shows. Um, right. And, and her email is actually very classy in certain ways. Like, she praises Lauren Ambrose, says, you know, she's giving a wonderful performance. I think the world of her says wonderful things mm-hmm. about her understudy who will be doing the role on Sundays, Kirsten Anderson, who, from what I understand, was a very lovely Maria Von Trapp on the Sound of Music tour. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's launched this whole debate about work ethic and and not calling out and, you know, the old the old golden age, old school think form of thinking that, you know, unless you're on death's door, you don't call out and how... Right. That whole, yeah, the whole thing of like, I did uh, 12 shows of Phantom of the Opera with my ankle broken in three pieces. Yeah. Like, like the, that, that old kind of like work ethic thing that like we now realize was like abuse. Yeah. But like they still think of as like hard, yeah. hard work. <laughs> exactly. The, the show must go on. That kind of thing. Right. I, it wasn't, it wasn't a poor work environment. I was just committed. Uh, yeah, it wasn't sexual harassment. He just had feely hands, you know, like <laughs> feely hands. You know, yeah, feely hands. That's actually a great book title for a children's book explaining sexual harassment. <gasps> feely hands, <laughs> just like to un- to make kids understand what that is. <laughs> oh my god! I hope kids don't have to understand what sexual harassment is yet. Yeah, let them give them a couple more years. Oh, Dora the Explorer and <sighs> the Adventure of Feely Hands. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not, no, no, I'm done. Right. I'm so, done. Anyway, I'm, we need to move on. Uh, all this is to say, I have opinions about it, but I spent the last five minutes doing exposition on this story, so I would like to give the floor to uh, loose joints over here. And to loose bones, loose bones, and new... loose joints. You have loose joints as well. I do have. I know, but like loose bones sounds like I could get that on um a, like a vanity plate for like a P, for like a PT cruiser. You know. Um. Okay. How about just loose, loose e, loose, Lu- Lu- Lucy, loose. Lucy. But instead of L U C Y, it's L O O S E Y. Exactly. Right. Um. So I haven't had a chance to fully read um uh, Miss Riggs' response. Um, but I, I, I don't know exactly how I feel about this because I am currently like on a like as an actor who's injured, who like yesterday had to make a call where like 
they were like, they even asked me, they were like, we don't have to make this decision now. But they're like, if you would like to, we could cancel the first perf- or the first preview on Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I think I'll be fine. And so I really don't want to do that. But like, it's this weird, it's this weird moment when like, when as the actor, and if you are in terms of like carrying a show, when you have to like, think about like, am I only doing this because of the sheer vanity of it? Am I doing it because of it's required of me? Am I, um, if I do agree to like go on under the circumstances I'm under, is it going to cause me more issues in the long run? Um, and so like a lot of me feels like the, the situation is coming from a place of like, it. Uh, I, I don't think that she would... I don't think that she would make this decision lightly. You know what I mean? Especially someone yeah. who who is a, a, like been in the business for so many years. It doesn't seem like she would just be like it, it I'm sure there are people who maybe think like, "Oh, she didn't win the Tony and now she's like, well, I'm contractually ob- obligated, but I'm tired." I don't yeah. I, I I don't know her personally, but I don't think that would be a thing. But I mean, I oh. and I I totally think think that you know, this whole article and her response um to it like she's she's of course free to feel how she does um about the situation but um yeah kind of kind of like i I don't know times are a change and we're all still trying to figure out what's going on and i mean we are in more of a we're in much more of a self-care as a society like Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're much more active in that area like you literally hear about these stories of like people's family members or like people's parents or like maybe like your parent like your own parents or like like hearing about like them being abused or like things like that and like in that and that like back in the day like if your dad came home and hit you like it was just like oh that kind of sucks you know but like we yeah. we, we really like try now to and, and like you never like dealt with it but now we're very much in a, in a world where like I have to think about the future of me because this is what I, the only me that I got. And so just because of the way that we are right now and like the way that, we, that we've been headed towards, like, I don't know, it, it makes sense to me. And I, if that's the, the choice that she wants to make, then like more power to her. And also, I mean, I, I know Kristen, I, I, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I'm so excited for her to do this. So maybe that's another reason why I'm like so supportive of it because it's also giving this young actress um, the ability to play one of the most iconic roles in musical theater, like once a week, to be like you know, kind of share the billing in that yeah. way, um, in a world where the only other person who's sharing it—not that Lauren Ambrose is just there because she's a TV star, but that has parts of it. So I also like I'm kind of enjoying the fact that like, not that she's an underdog, but that like someone else is getting to like share in the spotlight. So yeah. Those are, those are my all convoluted um, drug-induced thoughts. Mm, so, so drug-induced. You are you are very eloquent for someone who is so very high right now. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. No, um, I have a lot of similar thoughts to you. Uh, I don't think that Lauren Ambrose is taking... There, I mean, there are con- conflicting reports. Some people are saying that she's taking Sundays off now to be with her family because she lives so far away and her kids are young and she wants to be there. And I also think um, that's a valid excuse, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if she, I mean, she's she's a mother. If she, if she, she can she, make that call, then yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I will say there are different actors who have done... When, when you get a certain amount of clout and you can fight for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, no, you fight for yourself. Patty said when she... 
was when Gypsy was coming to Broadway with Patti Lapone. Mm-hmm. She, she like had to fight for her contract. She's like, if I'm going to commit a year of my life to doing this role, mm-hmm. this is what I need. Like, she was like, I need a car to take me from New York to Connecticut on mm-hmm. the weekends. Uh, it's like when I'm in, I'll be in the city during the week and I need like a hotel room where I have all this and this and this. Cause I am not going to like travel back and forth to Connecticut every day. Yada. Like it's, you no, know, you, you do what you need to keep yourself sane. Not only that, uh, theatrical careers, especially in musical theater, in back in the good old days, you know, you, your career as an ingenue or as a juvenile were usually short lived. Like you mm-hmm. kind of, you kind of went hard and fast until your body gave out on you. Right. Um, I mean, you think about all the people who were in the dancing ensembles of Broadway shows in the 40s and 50s. They didn't continue doing it once they reached 30. They they no. they either had to learn how to act and sing or they had to get the fuck out. They right. talk about it in the chorus line. Like, mm-hmm. once you reach a certain age, you stop. There's a certain amount of longevity now with Broadway careers mm-hmm. that people really are trying to maintain and it's not worth blowing your body or your voice out mm-hmm. on a specific day for a whole show must go on mentality if it means compromising right. the rest of your career. Like, I, there's a girl I know who was on a tour and in a lead role, and she's fine now, but there was a time where they were going to a very major city. I want to say it was Chicago or maybe even L.A., and it was the first week they were there, and she had a strain on her vocal cord, mm-hmm. and... She was like, oh, no, like, I, show must go on. She went on, ended up hemorrhaging her vocal cords, and she had to be out for a month. Oh, my um, God. And if she had just, if she had just <sighs> taken, like, two days off and rested, mm-hmm. she could have come back and it would have been fine. Yep. But, I mean, that's the downside of that. Uh, you have to kind of listen to your body. And something else I was actually saying to someone this morning, because I have a lot of thoughts about this. People always go on and on about, like, oh, well, Merman never called out, and Gwen Verdon rarely called out. And I'm like, yes, but that was also at a time where you, you know, documentation of those performances and was not as rampant. Like, there was no internet. There yeah. were no multiple bootlegs. Like, I feel terrible for the cast of Mean Girls because that fan base is so rabid that they go they go to like every show and they're recording every mm-hmm. show and they're commenting online every day who is You're out kidding. who is in oh yeah i mean they do it from a place of love and obsession yeah. but like that like if you're taylor louderman you don't you don't have a choice you cannot option down on world burn in act two if you're feeling less than because what if someone's there recording that night and like that's the video that's circulating of you going down the octave that one time mm-hmm. uh like we don't we don't know if Merman ever had nights where she was sick and went on and like altered the keys of all our numbers or like Gwen Verdon famously would do an abridged version of Sweet Charity on Broadway when she was like feeling a little more on the tired side. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like we we glamorize the olden days of when people were sort of do or die, but I'm sure that no one was like consistently t- churning out cast album ready performances every night no i believe i mean listen to even like the listen to the freaking original cast recording of pajama game the, yeah the, the, that one actor like the, the woman who played babe could barely croak out the notes for even just a like recording session you know it's just and also yeah just what we require of performers is different now people weren't having yeah. to yeah, it's, sing it's, it's, the way they had to they, do. Yeah, they didn't have to, and like, yeah, we have more amplification, but it's just more. We also now have yeah. way more um, physical demands, or all these other things. And yeah, so it's it's all just it's all just changed so much. And I mean, I I always I always think about the the because I I don't like accepting when 
me as a person when I have limitations or like when I'm not feeling good, it's very hard for me to like call out. Um, I, mm-hmm. I have started doing a lot more as years go by because you realize just how like I, I while I was on tour, I couldn't call out because um, some of the company had gone ahead of time to Denver to um, mm-hmm. get acclimated to the uh, the the atmosphere, not the atmosphere, the altitude. Um, mm-hmm. And I was because I was understudying at this point, and so I took over the role for a couple weeks. And my final weekend in this one city, I got super sick, but I had to go on. And I was like, mm-hmm. "I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm totally fine." And I flew out to Denver after like doing a five show weekend on like a, a sore throat and a cold. And I woke up the next day in Denver, and like I could, I, I, it, it was razors. My vocal folds were razors. I've never been in that much pain with my yeah. voice. And I had mm-hmm. this moment of like. I've done it. I've successfully ruined my career by mm-hmm. singing when I shouldn't have. And you, like I, I always think about Otter McDonald says like one performance is not worth wasting your whole co- career away. And so I just yeah. I, I think I think that's I, I think it's so true. And I, I do think that if it is for family reasons, I think that more power to her because it's just we we what we do in the theater world is special and so not saying like we deserve special treatment but we deserve special treatment you know <laughs> well and it's a, I mean, in a lot of ways it, it it's weirdly both fleeting and permanent does that make sense totally like no it does the, the experience is fleeting but the legacy can be permanent so mm-hmm. like if there's if there's moments of your life that you're going to miss that are very important to you you know you have to either find the compromise or or give something up and i lauren ambrose god you know lover she petitioned to the producers that this is what she needed and they acquiesced um if they i mean if they had said no who knows what would have happened she might have said great i'll do eight shows a week until the end of the summer and then i'm out uh right but you know this could be what keeps her in the show for a longer run this could be Mm -hmm. what gives makes her giving a more consistent performance by taking that one show off she could you know maybe never call out again who knows like uh Alex Brightman, I remember, was having a lot of problems with School of Rock because that, like that. Okay, so speaking of roles now that are so much more physically, vocally demanding than in the past, like Dewey in School of Rock is just—it's mean. It yeah. is vocally mean, truly. Uh, and uh, Alex Brightman, God love him, opened the show doing eight shows a week, and by like at the end of the first month, he was you no know, one show. He was out, then two, then three, mm-hmm. and as you said, like you can't risk your well-being or your voice for that one show if you're not up to it especially mm-hmm. for something like that but then they eventually got him an alternate and then his attendance was a lot better because he was yeah. officially had those shows off to relax and you know save himself mm-hmm. but like don't like don't tell me about how like uh or somebody didn't call out in 1945 for a year like they didn't ha- not have to belt seas consistently over like a loud electric guitar while flipping backwards into the orchestra pit and then doing you know spinning plates like that is what we're especially uh asking of actors these days truly um truly and then the next day and then the next day they're required to sing on national television for millions of people you know like yeah it's it's, it's just different y'all it is different every and and not everyone is built equally as well. Right. Um, like, not everyone can be, like, an Adonis with just the loosest bones like me. <laughs> like you. Yeah. But, I mean, like, some some roles can be easier for other people than they are for someone who's currently performing. Like, uh, for all we know, vocally, Eliza could be a breeze for Kirsten. Uh, or Kristen or Kirsten? 
Uh, Kristen, I believe. Chris, right? Kristen, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't have her name I, in front of me. Right no, now. it's Kristen. It's Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, it could be a vocal breeze for Kristen where it might be a bit more of a struggle for Lauren. Um, and that doesn't make one better than the other. That's just how their voices are built. Um, Lauren's the one who got the role, though. And she doesn't have to apologize for getting cast. She just has to make sure that she can give the performance. Wait, oh my God, I was totally wrong. It's Kirsten. I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad yeah, friend. Like, you know her, idiot. Well, uh, I've, Kirsten. Yeah, I've. Oh my god, I'm such a bad friend. Can we just go back every time I say Kirsten? Kirst, Kirst, it's not. It's not her name. It's the name. I just get confused by those names. Her name is Kirsten. It's okay. Kirsten. So, Kirsten, like Dunst. Yeah. Kir, yeah. Kirsten. Kirsten. That's, is that Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten. I always called her Kirsten. Kirsten I, I always called her Kirsten Dunst. So K, so K, K, yeah, K, 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 A. Uh, oh my gosh, you know, I'm such an idiot, guys. Well, don't do like, don't do drugs unless they are completely um, uh, prescribed your by arm. your doctor. <laughs> yeah, don't only only prescription drugs, everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah no. The other la- last uh, reference point I was going to say was uh, Lonnie Ackerman, who I don't know, that name probably isn't familiar to you. Like, no, 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 no. She, actress from the 70s or 80s uh broadway actress she was a vita she she was the first woman to replace no not she wasn't the first person replaced but she played a vita for a while around the same time patty was playing a vita she did it in la and then she mm. came to broadway to do it I'm like patty has famously gone on record to say you know how rude that role vocally is and we all know it's true and mm-hmm. patty still is like the tops in that role but she says like you know there would be days where i wouldn't go on not because i was physically unwell but because the voice just wasn't there or wasn't what i needed it to be to do the show and lonnie ackerman has been famous for saying they're like well how was the role for you she's like fine like i asked to do eight shows a week and they wouldn't let me uh Hmm. and it's not because she has better training or she's healthier than patty just that it fit her voice better or, or easier um Mm-hmm. And like there are, it seems true for everybody. So yeah, um, self care first and and consistency first. Uh, yeah. If you have to give up a show every now and now now and then to do that, don't let the trolls bug you. You got my vote, Lauren. Yeah, same. So when you listeners out there, Broadway Breakdown, make your debut in the next revival of um, uh, My Fair Lady. I almost said pretty woman. So that's also letting you letting you know where my brain is. I just can't remember mm. things. Um, I mean, there's a connection there. <laughs> kind of, actually, yeah. Um, but th- uh, when you... Uh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> Did you? Did you, though? <laughs> when you make your brother debut in My Fair Lady, the next revival, don't be afraid to call out a show or to get a matinee, Liza. Eliza. Call, Eliza. Call I, me out by your name. I just said a matinee Liza. We, <laughs> we, we, might, we might need to shut this down soon. It's getting worse. Yeah, I think we're I think we're reaching the end of John's coherence. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, I think that was a nice positive message to end on after all the bitchery and sludgery we've just done. Yeah, the tomfoolery, the bamboozlery, the real yes. shapoopery, all of that. <laughs> The camaraderie. The camaraderie. The, circle, the circle jerkery. Pardon me. The bukakery. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. That's the one. That's the ticket. There, that's the old pepper. Mm. Things are getting too spicy for the pepper. Oh, so we could... This is just going to be really one final thing, because although this is a totally specific Broadway um, 
podcast. We have not talked about who won Drag Race this season. So I'm just real quick. Are you happy? <laughs> I am very happy. I am as um, well, actually. I think I think you know, like her, hate her, however you feel about her. Once again, she's just one of those that played. She played the game and she won the game. She did. And I, she's. I think she is both a great drag queen and a great drag race contestant. I think so um, as well. She's one of the few that I think is both. Um, Same. Yeah. I, I still don't love that formula for the finale, the lip sync for your legacy formula. Yeah. For your life. I, I mean, on the br- but, on the bright side, now that like they have all the twists that they can get out of that format, I feel like they're not going to do it yeah. next year. Like, cause like, probably cause not. The, there's no way that they could top this year of like, oh, now we have three finalists. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I also say, uh, someone posted on Facebook a status about the finale. So I put my hands up to play in my song, the butterflies. Oh, oh no. Oh God. <laughs> For those of you who don't watch or know, uh, drag race superstar, Asia O'Hara did, was supposed to do a big reveal for her lip sync. She was wearing a big butterfly costume and she took, opened up her bracelets and opened up her bra and I thought, butterflies were supposed to I thought fly it was out, glitter at they were first. Asleep. I thought she was trying to blow glitter. I thought so too. <laughs> I thought so too, but no. And then I realized that there were butterflies on her costume, so they were supposed to be butterflies. And yeah. And then everyone said they died. They didn't die. They were asleep. Because uh, you could see them like slowly waking up on the floor. And then she actually said in an interview... Because they weren't uh, used to the temperature. It was actually during the commercial break afterwards. They finally were woken up and they flew out. And she was like, really? Aww, really now? Poor little flies of butter. Poor Asia. Poor Asia. Oh, well. You can't have everything in this world. But yes, to answer your question, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy. Uh, and any listeners of ours who are not happy can uh, go apply for yeah, season 12. Um, all right. Well, there's that. that. There we have it, everyone. What an episode it's been. I honestly don't remember a single yeah. second of it. <laughs> Twists, turns, and loose ends, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And this end has always been loose. Um, <laughs> we now know that yes, medically truly. speaking. Um, okay. So, everyone, my name is John Wiscavage, and I am one of your co-hosts. And I am Matt Koplick, and I am your other co-host. You're only uh, truly co-host you're only today, with it one. Um, this has been Broadway Breakdown, and I have an idea of who I want us to play us out. But I wonder if you mm-hmm. do you have an idea? Um, I didn't, and then I kind of did as we spoke. But now I want to hear. I was your thinking idea. maybe like miss some taub, maybe like a scrub a dub dub in the taub. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. That one was so stupid. It is stupid, and I love it. Uh, You're the worst, and I love you. you. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you have a great day. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Bye. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. 
Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 